friends, welcome to episode 62 of the Love Your People Well podcast. I I can hardly believe we're at episode 62. We are getting close to 10,000 downloads of the podcast. I mean, wow. I am so glad that you are here. I am so glad that this podcast is a part of your life, hopefully a helpful and encouraging part of your life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing about it with your friends and And I'm excited for what God is doing, and I'm a little less excited, I'm going to be honest, for our conversation today. (laughs) I think it is important, but I don't think it's fun. Friends, we're going to talk today about yelling at our kids. What do we do after we've yelled? And yes, we will close out today with some of my tips and strategies and ideas about how to stop the yelling from happening in the first place. But I think it's just a reality of life that at some point we will raise our voice with our kids. And let me be clear right up front before we even do our fun little intro music and really jump into this conversation. I'm not really talking about yelling as in uh, name calling or belittling your kids or screaming in their face like that really higher level Um, I would probably call it screaming before I would call it yelling. (laughs) That's not quite where we're going today. If that is the type of yelling that you do with your kids, I would really encourage you to probably seek out some help and support that is beyond what we're going to talk about today in the podcast. Now, that being said, the steps that we're going to talk through about how to respond after you've yelled at your kids really would be helpful steps for any sort of sin that we commit against another person, including, and maybe especially, our kids. So there might be a different issue. It might not be yelling. You're like, well, maybe every once in a while I yell, but I'm pretty good at keeping my cool. But maybe um, maybe you are very forgetful and you've left your kid, uh, you know, you've missed picking them up after soccer practice, like at least once a week or something like that. You could probably still apply some of these same strategies, but I just wanted to put that out there before we jump into the conversation. We are going to talk about what do we do after we've yelled at our kids, but if it is high level um, entering the realm maybe of even verbal abuse towards your kids or it's something that's happening just every day and you can't get it under control, that is the time, my friends, to seek out a higher level of support. And y'all know I'm a counselor. I work with people dealing with that higher level of support. But of course, the podcast is not that. Um, Wow, look at me. I'm going into my disclaimer before we've even done our intro music. (laughs) Um, This podcast, you know, I don't know you personally. I don't know your unique situation. So this is between you and the Lord. If, If everything we talk about today, you wind up still feeling like, ooh, my issue is is bigger and deeper than that. Um, then that's a good time, friend, to reach out for support from someone who can meet with you personally, who can know your situation, and who can give encouragement and support and help in probably a more intensive or a more structured way. Okay, well, that was kind of a lot for our intro. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about the podcast and what God's doing and this conversation. Never fun, but always important. So friends, let's dive into today's conversation about what to do after you've yelled at your kids and a few ideas to stop it from happening in the first place. 
Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. All right, friends, I hope that I did not scare you away from today's conversation about yelling at your kids. I am going to just confess right up front, I have yelled at my kids, and that's actually what we're going to talk about in Friday's bonus episode, our Friday Faith Follow-Up. I'm going to do a case study on some yelling that I did this very week. Now, I'm a mom who is a therapist. I mean, I talk about and think about and help people with emotional control all day long, but I'm also a human, and so are you. And that's why I know yelling at our kids is something that that just happens. We raise our voice. Sometimes we might say something that we regret, and hopefully it's short, and hopefully we realize very quickly, you know, oh my gosh, we can kind of catch ourselves and turn back around and handle the situation well uh, pretty much right afterward, hopefully we can do that. And hopefully, as the Lord is working in our own lives, we will gain more and more and more emotional control. So I do think the steps we're going to talk through today, I've got six steps that all of us need to do when we sin against our children, or really when we sin against anyone, We're going to zoom in on yelling at our kids, but like I mentioned in the intro, this really would be helpful for any issue where you might walk away and realize, I did not handle that well. I did not love my kiddo or whoever this person is in the way that I want to in this conversation or in this interaction. So yelling might not be your thing, but I, in my experience, all of us get to some level of yelling at some point with our kiddos. Uh, It's just the reality of frustration and impatience. (laughs) So before we jump into these six steps, and then we will talk about um, a few ideas for how to stop it from happening in the first place, like on the front end, what can we do to make ourselves less likely to lose our cool with our kiddos? Um, We will talk about that. But I know I said in the intro, my usual disclaimer, I'm a therapist this podcast is not therapy and seek professional support if verbal abuse or um, screaming at your kids or name calling, if things like that are a problem for you and your family, that is a good time to seek out a higher level of support to meet with your pastor or um, find a counselor. And there is a link on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. And I share some of my thoughts there about how to get connected with a great counselor. So I always want us to be on the same page about that. And I also, before we jump in, want to spotlight for you two resources that are available from Love Your People Well that are um, that would be really helpful around this, this, this topic of kind of keeping your cool, managing your emotions well with your family, because that can be a really big sticking point in loving our people well. And the first resource I want to highlight is actually brand new. If you're listening to this in real time, January 2022, we have a new 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control to walk you through 20 um, specific scripture passages 
that deal with anger and impatience and frustration and all those emotions that are not so fun, but they're also real life, especially as a mom, especially maybe when your kids are little and you're not getting as much sleep and there's so much going on, um, walking through 20 scriptures with some journaling questions, with devotional thoughts there, with prayer prompts. So the 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control might be a great resource for you. And there is a link um, in your podcast, like just scroll down to the podcast description. You will find the link right there to grab that devotional. And we also have a free resource called The Five Tools Every Busy Mom Needs to Move Her Family from Autopilot to Intimacy. So if you're feeling kind of stuck with your family, like things are maybe okay, but they're just not where I want them to be. Um, the five tools can be a great resource to just kind of reset where things are at and reconnect with your people. Now, with those resources in mind, you can always <laughs> come back later, scroll down, click the links. You know, you don't need to go there right now necessarily. Let's jump in to these six steps that are going to be so helpful for us after we've lost our cool, after we've yelled at our kids, after we've slammed a door or stomped away or done something that, you know, we turn around later and we really regret. Mom guilt is powerful, but I wouldn't really call this a mom guilt situation because I tend to think about mom guilt as guilt that is really not deserved. (laughs) We feel guilty for like my birthday parties don't look like they do on Pinterest. That's mom guilt. That's not real guilt. That's not actually a problem. But when we sin against, especially against someone we love, The Lord, in his mercy, is going to convict us of that. He's going to bring us a feeling of guilt, a realization that like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that. And that's true. We shouldn't be yelling at our kids. We shouldn't be stomping off, losing our cool, getting impatient. But the reality of life is that sometimes we do. And so I want to make sure that you're thinking about that in in a healthy way, (laughs) that if you're feeling guilty about something that uh, it's not actually a problem, that's mom guilt. But if you're feeling guilty about something that really shouldn't have happened, you wish you could go back and change it, it is genuinely important to the Lord and to your relationships, that's not the same type of guilt. And after we walk through these six six steps, we won't feel as guilty. (laughs) We don't need to think about it anymore because the Lord has already covered it. So the very first step, when we realize, whether it's after five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five days, we realize, oh gosh, I lost my temper and I yelled at my kids. We need to confess to the Lord. The first step there is that it is between me and Jesus to acknowledge what happened, to apologize for that. If we can, the more specific we can be, the better, because that really helps us grow and learn from the experience. But in that moment, this really probably very quick moment with the Lord, we want to acknowledge what happened, to say, I'm sorry, and to pray for wisdom, to just ask the Lord, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so sorry. Oh, please help me, you know, turn this around. Please help me recover from this. Please help me uh, reconnect with my kid. And a lot of times, at least in my personal experience, this is very quick. (laughs) I tend to notice in the moment, like I might yell and, you know, after 30 seconds, it's like, oh my gosh, Jessica, what, what, what are you doing? You're yelling at a two-year-old? I mean, come on. Oh, and so I take a deep breath and I confess that to the Lord. 
And then I move on to step two, which is to apologize and confess to your child. And you're going to want to keep this age appropriate because boundaries still matter. Your child does not need a 20-minute explanation about all the stress that you're under, and that's why I yelled, and I didn't mean it, and I'm so sorry. We need to focus on simply, I did this wrong, and I'm sorry. And then we move on to the next steps, which, you know, kind of emphasize how do we make it right and things like that. But that connection with our kid is so important. We need to be willing and able to look them in the eye, acknowledge our sin, acknowledge our behavior, what we did wrong, and apologize for it. Now, of course, at this point, the conversation might move in many different directions. If your child is a toddler, you know, they're real little, they're probably just going to be a little more shocked than anything else. And maybe they're upset, you need to deal with that emotion, or maybe they're just like, okay, and they move on. You know, when they're toddlers, it tends to be a pretty quick move into a new direction. Either they're upset and you're comforting them, or they forget it four seconds later and you can move on. If your kids are older, then you might have a longer process here. They might be angry and they are not willing to accept your apology right away. They might want to yell back and lash out. You know, we'll, we'll talk in a few minutes about how we might handle that type of situation. Um, so I know that after you confess to the Lord and you confess and apologize to your child, things might move in many different directions at that point. And it's important for us then to move into step three, which is to acknowledge our emotions in the moment. Specifically, if you're still upset or maybe your kid is still upset and so they're coming back at you like, oh, well, blah, blah, you know, they've got their own names to call you and their own criticisms. And there's still this sense of frustration or anger in the interaction. We need to take a short break to calm down. Now, yes, you need to make sure, you know, if your kid is real little and you're really upset, you still have to make sure your child is safe, your child is supervised. Um, I know you may have heard kind of when you're child is an infant and they're screaming their head off and just losing it and you start to feel like you're losing it, the best thing to do is put them in the crib and walk away. You know they're safe. They're crying. They're upset. That's not the end of the situation, but you need to take a short break to calm down. I know that I heard that when I was in the hospital with my kids, you know, that kind of standard, hey, don't forget, like that's standard education for new moms. And yet somehow we start to forget that as our kids get older that we sometimes lose our cool. And if you have realized, oh my gosh, I yelled, I can't believe it, I'm so sorry, but I'm still upset, I'm still really frustrated, I don't think I can continue the conversation or I don't think I can move on to a different conversation, you need to find a way to take a short break and to use coping skills during that time. This is not a short break to vent in your own mind about I can't believe she said this, I can't believe this happened. This is a time to listen to music or go for a run or take a nap or watch something funny on TV or call a friend. It's a time to do something that will calm your emotions. And you, you know, especially if your child is older, you don't want to just walk away like, oh, I'm so sorry I yelled. I'll be back later. (laughs) That's not enough. If your child is a little bit older and they're going to understand, you need to tell them what you're doing. I'm still really upset and... I'm just going to go take 10 minutes to cool down and then I really do want to come back and finish this conversation or I want to come back and uh, make sure you have plenty of time to tell me your thoughts on the situation. 
Obviously, your specific wording is going to depend on what happened. But that is step number three. After you've yelled at your kids, after you've lost your cool, you need to be willing to recognize, am I still upset? Am I still frustrated to the point where I need to get away and do something that helps me calm down? Because otherwise, let's be honest, within five minutes, you're going to be yelling again. It's going to get back escalated. It's not going to go well. And here you are going to be starting the steps all over again. So then we can move to step number four, which is taking action to try to make it right. Now, this is most likely going to include a verbal and emotional like reconnection with your kids saying, I love you. Or if they're if they're able and willing to say, it's okay, mommy, I forgive you. You know, you might say, thank you. That's very kind of you. I love you so much. You know, you're saying something to reconnect. And hopefully um, there can be a physical bonding moment there too. You can give them a hug. You can give them a kiss. Um, If they're little, they can come sit on your lap and read a book. You know, you can do something to emotionally reconnect with your child at that point. And it's really important that we don't start with this step and skip over the acknowledgement to our children that we did something wrong. We don't want to just acknowledge it in our head. I don't want to say to myself, gosh, Jessica, you yelled. That was not necessary. That was not appropriate. That was not helpful. And all I do with my kids is say, hey, honey, come on over here. Give me a hug. Let's sit down and read a book. Because that doesn't teach my kids anything. It doesn't teach them that I recognize my emotions, that I handled my emotions poorly. It doesn't teach them anything about how to handle their own frustration. And it's just not true and honest to the relationship. The Lord does not just want us to confess to him. He wants us to confess to each other. So we have to kind of go in order here. We can't try to make things right before we have apologized for the thing that happened, the yelling or or whatever it was, forgetting your kid at soccer practice, whatever it might have been. And sometimes in the trying to make it right, you know, again, depending on the situation and probably the age of your children, there might be more that is necessary. If your child is really upset, uh, maybe they got scared or they got angry, now they're crying, or they're stomping and throwing things. We need to address that emotion. We can't just pretend it's not there. We can't just immediately get mad at them that, how dare you be throwing your toy? We know why they're upset. And so we need to comfort them. We need to do something to try to make the whole situation right. So that hopefully is going to include a verbal, physical, emotional reconnection in whatever way works best with your kids. But it also might include or might need to include um, doing some sort of activity that helps them calm down or that shows them how special they are, how important they are to you. It might include um, giving them permission to take a break. They might need to go calm down, cool down, come back to the conversation. Um, Forcing our way through the moment because it's awkward might, might feel better in the moment because it is awkward but it's not actually what's gonna be best for the relationship. And then that leads me to step number five, which is, I guess, really more of a reminder or more of a protective piece here, but to remember and stand firm that this is not the time to give in to your kid. If they were maybe requesting something, maybe your your kid, your teenager might want a late curfew on Saturday night, or your toddler wanted an extra cookie after dinner, 
and you finally lost your cool and you were yelling at them, no way, I'm not doing that. You know, you're yelling. The solution is not, I'm so sorry, fine, you can have another cookie. Or I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have yelled, I love you. It really won't be that bad to stay out late Saturday night. (laughs) This is not the time to give in. And this is not the time to be manipulated in the moment because, I mean, we all know as human beings, if we want something, we're going to try to figure out a way to get it. And our kids are not beyond manipulating us, whether that's intentional or not. I'm not certainly not saying that's always intentional. Um, But, you know, kids learn pretty quickly. Oh, if I ask daddy and he says no, then I can go ask grandma. Oh, yeah, grandma's going to say yes. Like they learn this and they're not trying to manipulate the situation. (laughs) They're simply trying to get what they want. And I have seen so many times in the counseling room, habits have been developed where the dynamic has started that kid wants something, mom says no, and kid has learned if I just push it far enough, eventually my mom is going to lose her cool. She's going to yell at me. Then she's going to feel guilty about it. And she's going to give me that thing that I wanted. And that is obviously not the message we want to send to our kids. So this, again, it's kind of more of a reminder step to stand firm. Um, And that certainly does not always mean that you always have to go with whatever your answer was before you were yelling. You know, maybe you do kind of pause and realize, you know, this is not a big deal. You can have another cookie. No problem. The main thing is you do not want this to become a habit. And you don't want to be giving your child something some sort of reward or something that they want simply because you feel guilty. It might make us feel better in the moment, but we always have to consider what is actually best for my child. That's our job as moms, not to feel comfortable all day long, but to do what is best for our kids. And then that takes me to step six. And after we go through these six steps, we will talk about some tips for how to prevent yourself from yelling in the first place so that you don't need to worry about all six of these steps. But the last step is about self-awareness in the big picture. If this is a recurring pattern, if you start to realize, I yell at my kids every day, or I yell at my kids 20 times a day, or as soon as we get home from work, I just, I can never seem to keep my cool. Or maybe this was a bigger than usual way. Oh, sure, I yell once in a while, I raise my voice, but this time I just totally lost it. And I was saying things I regret, and my child looked really scared. You know, that maybe if something happened that was just bigger and worse than usual. Especially if you notice this is some sort of pattern or some sort of out of the ordinary event, take time to reflect back and try to figure out with the Lord, with prayer, what happened? What went wrong here? Or what is going on that this pattern, despite my best efforts, keeps happening? And I know I've already mentioned if, if your yelling gets to that point where it's really more screaming in your kid's face, you're name calling, you're belittling them. Now we're entering the territory of verbal abuse. And that's not, you know, that's not really where we're going in our conversation today. But that can happen in families in families who, where parents genuinely love their kids. Um, I mean, I'm a counselor. <laughs> I have seen that happen. And I want you to pray about it with the Lord. If you notice a pattern of yelling at your kids or um, the intensity of the yelling is really over the top, take time to pray about that and to deal with that. 
Now, of course, all of us, in my experience, you know, we lose our cool, we get frustrated, we lose our patience, we yell, uh, we raise our voice. That doesn't necessarily mean it's some huge heart issue that, I mean, it is a heart issue. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. It is a heart issue with the Lord and losing our cool. But there's a difference between that. It happens once in a while. Generally, I have some some good ways of coping with my emotions. That's different than this happens all the time or when X trigger happens. I mean, I just can never handle it well. Those type of situations probably need a higher level of support and an urgency for the Holy Spirit to work a change in your life. So I would, again, I would point you to that 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control, um, because especially on the spiritual side of what's going on, that will help you dig into those scriptures that are specifically about anger and our emotions and how the Lord wants to work in us to handle our emotions in a way that honors him and honors our kids. So let me recap those six steps, and then we will look at a few ideas about how to stop it from happening in the first place. So as soon as we realize we've yelled at our kids or done something else that is sinful against our kids, we forgot them at soccer practice, or we realize, wow, I gave everybody extra dessert except for you because I was a little bit mad at you today, whatever it might be, we've realized I shouldn't have done that. We confess to the Lord. And then we confess and apologize to our child. We tell them, I shouldn't have done this. I'm really sorry that I did this. And then step three is to recognize, am I still upset where I can't continue the conversation? I can't continue on right now. Then we need to take a short break and calm down. Step four, we need to take action to try to make it right, to reconnect with our kiddo, to try to... um, move forward together from the situation. Step five, we need to stand firm and remember this is not the time to give in to whatever request your child might have been making. They don't need a cookie to feel better. (laughs) They might say they do, they might cry because they want it, and you might decide to give them a cookie, but make sure you're deciding from a place of this is good for my kid and not from a place of I feel guilty about what happened. And then step six is to recognize, is this a recurring pattern or a serious enough, intense enough yelling or situation where we need to stop, reflect, pray, and seek some outside support? And for a lot of us, it might be, gosh, yeah, it happens way more often than I want, But I need to stop and pray and talk to the Lord and read scripture and let the Holy Spirit work. But if it's a more serious issue, we need to be willing to seek out um, some sort of professional support to make sure we can change that pattern. We can stop yelling at our kids. We can stop losing our cool. And we can do it in a way that honors Christ. So let's uh, close out with a few ideas about how to stop the yelling from happening in the first place. And I'll talk about this a little more in the Friday Faith Follow-Up in just a few days because I'm going to share kind of, I guess, kind of a case study uh, about my experience. I yelled at my kids twice this week. And so I took time to say, okay, wait, well, what happened? What went wrong? What could have gone differently? Uh, What did I do next? And so um, when you think about how do I stop it from happening in the first place, 
you're going to want to listen to that. <laughs> I mean, it's a specific situation in my life, but you probably can apply it to your own life as well. But right now, I would point you back to episode 31 of the Love Your People Well podcast. Um, I think it's called something like Keep Your Cool Mama <laughs> and then something after it. But it's a four-step process that I outline that helps me keep my cool personally. It's something I use literally every day <laughs> when my kids are driving me crazy. They're toddlers. I love them to pieces, but there's three of them and we're home all day. And, you know, I struggle with patience sometimes. And so episode 31 uh, really walks through that four-step process. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, you can just actually go online to the show notes for this episode. So that would be loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 062, because this is episode 62. And it'll have links to um, all these other episodes and things that might be helpful for you. Or now that I'm thinking about it, you could go to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 031 and listen to that specific episode. Um, but that process is really helpful for me. My second tip for stopping the yelling from happening in the first place is to try to keep your baseline stress low. So that would mean I'm getting enough sleep. I'm not just living on junk food. <laughs> and it would mean recognizing if you are in a stressful season of life. Uh, did your husband just lose his job? Or um, is your mom getting really sick and you have to be a caregiver now and everything has changed? I mean, there are things that happen in life where we get stressed out and we're a lot more likely to struggle with our emotions if our stress level is high. So do what you need to do to try to keep that baseline stress level low <laughs> and um, recognize if you are in a season where the stress level is higher, you might not be able to change the thing causing you stress, but that should point us then to say, okay, that means I need to do some other kind of protective things in my life. I maybe need some extra devotional time or I need to hire a babysitter so I can get a break from my kids more often or I need to go to sleep a half hour earlier, um, whatever it might be. Try to keep your stress level low. And then another tip to keep the yelling from happening in the first place, to stop it in its tracks, is to keep your daily spiritual habits going. Spending time with the Lord is the best way to build patience into your life, to build compassion into your life, to let the Lord himself be so present with you, to be filling you so much that it is him who's overflowing into your conversation with your kids. Now, does that mean you're never going to get impatient, never going to get frustrated? No, but it does mean you're probably going to be more likely to handle that frustration without yelling, without losing your cool. And we, again, we have resources um, at Love Your People Well dot com forward slash resources. <laughs> we have some uh, devotional guides that will help you. We have a 45 day Bible and prayer challenge. Uh, we have a lot of support there. And I bet that your church has some supports as well for daily spiritual habits. But that is a really important step in the process of reducing the likelihood that we're going to lose our cool with our kids. And then my last tip, how to not even start yelling at your kids is to stop pride in your tracks, in its tracks. Stop the pride that's in your heart. We all have pride. And if you're listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, Jessica, I don't yell at my kids. I would never talk to my kids like that. Then I would, I would encourage you to talk about that with the Lord. 
Is that true? And I'm not saying that's not true. Um, I hope I hope that it is. But we all, every single human being who has ever existed apart from our Lord Jesus Christ, has some sort of area of pride or struggle in their life. So maybe you don't yell at your kids, but you're the mom that might forget them at soccer practice every week, <laughs> or um, or they might listen to you gossip while you're on the phone all day long about your girlfriends, because you're not talking to your kids, you're not thinking about what are they going to hear or notice. That's a sin too. Or maybe you're struggling with an issue of vanity, or maybe you're struggling with an issue of materialism. All of these personal heart issues impact our kids. And so yes, we're talking today about yelling at our kids. And if you think that's not an issue for you, that is hopefully true. But I hope especially that you don't come to that conclusion without praying about it with the Lord. Because I have found personally, since becoming a mom, especially every time that I think this isn't a struggle for me or good, I've got kind of overcome this area in my life. I'm ready for whatever challenge. I struggle. I wind up struggling with it in a way that I did not expect. So we need to be willing to humble ourselves before the Lord, to let him point out to us, Jessica, there's a little bit of pride in your heart in this area, and be willing to let him work in that area, whether it's yelling or something else. And the more that we are humble before the Lord, we're seeking his conviction, we're seeking his growth and change in our heart, the less likely we are to give into the temptation of yelling or greed or whatever it might be that's impacting our kids. So friends, that is all I have for you today. Six steps for what to do after you yell at your kids and um, a few ideas for how to prevent yourself from yelling in the first place. I would love for you to join us inside our private Facebook group. There will be a link in the podcast description. Um, If you want to join us in the group, we have all sorts of kind of advice and tips and ideas and workshops and all sorts of things that are going to help you build this emotional control. And of course, I mentioned a lot of other resources, the 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control, the five tools. I mean, we have a lot of stuff. All of it's on the website and... I don't know what's going to be best for your family, for your heart in this situation. But if we don't have the resource specifically at Love Your People Well, it is out there somewhere. So reach out to me. Let me know. I'm struggling with this. I need this type of resource. And I will be happy to try to help you connect with the best possible support. But for now, my friends, I hope you will circle back and join us in the Friday Faith follow-up for my little personal case study about yelling at my kids. And more importantly than that, I hope that you can connect this week with your kids and with the Lord. Hugs and blessings to you, friend. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.